0: This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a good nerve, Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is 101.9 High FM. And I'm delighted to be with you now through till just before 11. And the days are getting longer. We'll be lighting candles at 6.13. Shabbos will only end tomorrow night at 8 minutes past 7. And we've got the Parsha. What a wonderful, special Parsha the one parsha we've got that's named for a woman it's named for a woman it's got a wonderful shidduch and a wedding in the parsha it has the basics as to how to establish a Jewish home how to establish a lasting relationship how to establish something we call a binyan ade'ad. Is a beautiful story here of a shidduch going to look for the right wife for a wonderful man. But isn't every man wonderful? And isn't every woman wonderful? And though don't they deserve to find their soulmate and to go forward in life? But what is life? And what? are the rules what are the parameters what are the skills needed to establish a home that will be an everlasting home so we encounter the first person ever born jewish his name was yitzhak and now he's a prince amongst men he is beautiful within and without his soul is powerful his physique is impressive, his mind, his dedication, his heart. What a chap. And not only that, but the shidduch needs to be one with an eye toward establishing the nation, establishing the future. That's us. And what should one look for? When you think about life, The word life itself is connected to the word truth, because true life must be eternal life. And a home, a Jewish home that's established, is called by our sages a binyan ade'ad, an eternal edifice. How does one establish an eternal edifice? We are human. We are limited. We are finite. We're not here forever. And yet, we have the power, the ability, the gift of being able to establish something eternal. A binyanadeyad, a building that is forever. And when you look at a building, the foundation has to be strong. If you build something on a strong foundation... It's incredible how many rooms, how many floors, stories you can build on top of that. The foundation mustn't be shaky. The, the foundation has to be firm. And how do we find the tools to build a foundation for a building that will last forever? Well, we have to look into something which is called... Eternal, and that is the Torah. And the Torah, the word Torah means guidelines, guidance, a guide. The Torah is called Torah's Chaim, the Torah for life. Not only that it tells you how to live your life, but it actually clues you in to something called eternal life. Not something that starts off like a firecracker and fizzles out. Not something that's there for a while and then it no longer attracts, it no longer binds, it no longer exists. If we want something which will not only remain but grow with time, we need to look into Torah. Torah which is called Torah Chaim. It's also a Torah which is Nitzchis. It is f- forever. And so it is that we look at the first marriage of the first person born Jewish. We look at the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka. And there are many wonderful lessons in the Parsha that will guide us in our own lives. Let's look first at the prayer that Eliezer offers up. He offers up a prayer to Hashem. He arrives in Aram Naharaim. He doesn't know anybody there. He's looking for Avraham's family because the mandate is, go back to my birthplace and find me a wife from my family. So Eliezer prays. It's evening. The daughters of the country, of the land, are coming out to the well to draw water. And there are so many people there. So he says to Hashem, let it be that the maiden to whom I will say, please tilt your pitcher, your jug, so that I may drink. And she replies, drink, and I will also give water to your camels. She will be the one whom you, Hashem, have designated for your servant Yitzhak, for your servant Isaac. That prayer. What sign is he asking for? He's asking for this young woman to show kindness, but not ordinary kindness because Avraham and Sarah raised their son Yitzchak in their home and theirs was a home of free, outpouring kindness, chesed, loving kindness, giving. And the young woman who is going to step into Sarah's shoes, who's going to continue the legacy, has to be not only kind, but extremely, extremely kind and compassionate. She must notice things. She must be kind beyond the norm. So he prays, please let her show her kindness and I will know Not only by just a sign, like, God, give me a sign. But the sign will include what the home needs to be based on. And so it was. He had barely finished speaking. He hadn't even finished speaking. And Rivka came with her jug on her shoulder. And he asked her and she responded. And the rest is history. And then he gave her two gifts. He gave her a silver nezim, a silver nose ring, as they wore in those days, and it weighed a beka, beka mishkoloi. And then he gave her two bracelets, and they weighed ten golden weights, asara zahov mishkolom, ten weights of gold. And with these, he, as it were, married her by proxy on behalf of Yitzchak. These were the marriage ring. These were the gifts. But why those? Torah is so exact that absolutely everything down to what he gave her and how much they weighed carry eternal messages for us. Well, the nose ring weighed a becker. What else weighed a becker? Well, there was something called the half shekel and it was a becker. Now that half shekel that the people donated at the time of the temple was used, they gave it away, it was used to buy things for others. It was used To take a census of the people, but it is symbolically Tsudoka. And what is Tsudoka? Tsudoka is the all inclusive mitzvah. The general idea of mitzvahs is giving. The general mitzvahs, generally mitzvahs, are indicated by Tsudoka. And then he gave her two bracelets. And the word smidim also not only means bracelets, but it means connected. And what was connected classically were the two tablets of stone upon which Hashem engraved the Ten Commandments. So the one gift indicated tzedakah, mitzvahs, and the other gift, Torah. It indicated the And it was Torah. Such a profound lesson in the gifts that he gave her to bind her to Isaac. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. And here we are on Chai FM, on Erev Shabbos Parshas Chai where a wonderful shidduch, a wonderful match, and a wonderful home are established. And the gifts that were sent in order to secure this marriage, much as a woman receives a ring under the chuppah, these gifts were mitzvahs and Torah, a symbol of the basis of the home, that Abraham and Sarah had established and that Yitzchak would continue. And for us, the message is clear. The Jewish nation stood at Sinai, and often our prophets refer to the relationship between us and Hashem as that of a groom and a bride. When Hashem offered us the Torah, what did, he, what did we respond with? We responded by saying, yes. Na'asev nishma. We responded with something called acceptance. Kabbalah's oil. Dedication. I'm not going to question it. You have so many mitzvahs Hashem. Your Torah is vast and infinite. Your mitzvahs are connected to your essence. I accept them. I am small. They are infinite, but I accept them with complete self-sacrifice, with complete acceptance of the responsibility of being your partner. It's called Kabbalah's El Malchus Shamayim. I accept the responsibility, the yoke. I expect, I accept this wonderful privilege, but it is a responsibility. And it can be heavy because I am small and it is infinite. But I accept it and I dedicate myself to it. And the Jewish nation said, now, nah, Ishma, we will do it and we will study it. And no matter what happens, that will be something that we will not budge from. And so it is. The foundation of establishing a Jewish home has to be, number one, acceptance of Torah and mitzvahs without asking questions. It's a given. You know, certain things are givens. If we're going to start questioning everything, what are my responsibilities to my wife, to my husband? I want to form a free contract, something brand new, etc. That is not... Something that binds a couple together it takes tremendous amount of work to establish a home, but what should be the foundation? The foundation, the Lubavitch Rebbe explains, is this unquestioning dedication, kabbalas oil, total dedication to one another, and in our case, in order to have that eternal foundation. The Jewish home must be established on Torah and mitzvahs that have the dedication of total acceptance. And if we see, if we remember, that the tablets that were given, the Luchos, had a unique quality. The Ten Commandments or the Ten Sayings of Hashem were engraved on stone. It wasn't two things joined together like ink on parchment. It was one thing, unified. The letters were carved into the stone. And so it is when people marry. There has to be a total unity. It's not about you and me, it's about us. Yes, there's still me. Yes, there's still you. But we're trying to build a third thing between us, and that's the couplehood. That's the home, that's the family, and that's an us thing. So too with Torah. It's not enough in our homes just to say, okay, I accept with complete dedication, unquestioning, I'm going to do the Torah and mitzvahs. There's got to be one more thing, and that is we've got to become Unified with the Torah. It's not enough just to say, I'm in for the long haul. Whatever mitzvahs you're going to throw at me, I'm going to do them. Ultimately, we ourselves need to become that Torah. And don't forget, the Torah is holy. The Torah is eternal. The Torah is a Torah of light. And the Torah means, Torah means guide. We need to be an illumination in our families. In our communities, we need to brighten the world with our behavior, with our dedication and connection to the one above and to all those around us. We need to be one. With Hashem who said, I am the Lord your God, we need to be one with each one of the Ten Commandments. In other words, not uncomfortable. We need to come to a level where, yes, that's me. I keep Shabbos. That's an extension of me. I am united. Shabbos and I are inseparable. I honor my parents in that way. It's an extension of me. I believe. I don't do anything which is contrary to the honor of Hashem. And I am meticulous in the way I treat other people. And I treat their possessions. All of this is me by definition. I am. And the Torah have become one unit. And fascinatingly, we're told that Hashem looked into the Torah and then created the world. That the Torah is a blueprint for the world. Anything we want to find out about life, science, medicine, anything we want to know about the judicial system, anything we need to know about relationships, it's there. Obviously, one needs a good guide or teacher to access not just a good guide or teacher, but someone lofty. But it's all there because Hashem created the Torah and then he looked into the Torah and created the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yistakel Alma. He created this hidden world, this physical world, the world that conceals godliness. He created it based on Torah everything about the world is in Torah the Torah has it all as a blueprint and then our sages tell us that man looks into Torah and then he is able to establish a world he's able to live in the world Each of us has a personal world. And we want to build that world. We want to fortify that world. And when we think of building our own personal world, there is no better way than to look into the Torah. And if the foundations of our world are the Torah and its mitzvahs, with Kabbalah's oil, with total acceptance of whatever that means, we're going to do it, and we will continue to investigate, to study, to thoroughly stretch our minds, as it were, to understand whatever we can, then we create a world that is eternal. Our home is eternal. Our relationship is eternal. The worlds we are creating will last forever. What does it mean forever? The Torah has eternal values. And when we establish our home on those values with complete dedication, it will remain with our children and their children and their children forever. And it's called a doyer Yishorim Yevairach, which means an upright blessed generation. What is blessing? Blessing is receiving things from above, that the things we need are drawn down from a godly source into our lives. As a person, as a family, as a couple, we need many, many things. And God's blessing brings all those things to us. So we find in the parsha that when Rivka, the wife of Yitzchak, now comes to Yitzchak. And what happens is, he marries her. But he doesn't marry her yet. First, he takes her into the tent of his mother. And she now begins to be the Akeres She begins to run the home. And one of the things that she does is to light Shabbos candles. Now, of course, the home always needs candles. So for the past three years, since the passing of Sarah, Avraham lit the Shabbos candles. Avraham kept all of the mitzvahs of the Torah, so of course he lit the Shabbos candles. But his candles did not remain. Sarah's candles remained lit throughout the week. His burnt out, as ours do, after a while. So now, Yitzchak brings Rivka into his mother's tent. And when that first Shabbos came, Rivka lit the Shabbos candles. And miraculously, they continued to burn throughout the week. And then he knew And when she made the dough, the blessing that had been there in the lifetime of Sarah, that that dough was a blessed dough, one of the things being that whoever ate a bit of her bread felt spiritually uplifted and satiated beyond the norm. And the third blessing that had departed when Sarah passed away ...as the dough had returned to being ordinary dough... ...and the candles were just burning for the few hours on the Friday night. When Sarah was alive, there was a wonderful presence of God... ...that could be seen over her tent. As it says, there was a, there was a cloud tied to her tent. God's presence was there. And when Rivka returned... ...sorry, when Rifka got married, the cloud returned... And then Yitzchak knew she is the right one. She is connected to Hashem. And because of that, the blessings of Hashem are with her. Those infinite blessings that an ordinary candle illuminates, burns throughout the week. That ordinary flour and water take on this miraculous ability to, to satiate someone beyond the norm, to uplift, to sensitize, and that God's presence can be seen, literally seen on that tent. And Lubavitcher Rebbe points out that the fact that she is our matriarch, Sarah, Rivka, and their candles burn throughout the week. The man's candles did not. He said it shows the unique ability of Jewish women and girls, for they are all the daughters of Sarah and Rivka. And we all have the ability to influence the spiritual character of our homes. We can illuminate the home with the holiness of Shabbos, not only on Shabbos, but throughout the mundane week that follows. Of course, our candles don't burn throughout the week. So even though our candles may not be physically visible, our the spiritual illumination of those candles, the message of the candles continues throughout the week. And that should be our goal. It's not just Shabbos, which is a holy day. There is holiness to be introduced into every activity in the home. Everything that is done according to the will of Hashem, the food that is served, the environment, the paintings on the wall, the music we listen to, the media that we allow into our homes, the respectful tone that we speak with in addressing our family members, the furniture the way we dress, the way we conduct ourselves in our home that shows that we have an understanding that God is there. He's not just in the shul. He's not just at the Seder table. He's not just at our Rosh Hashanah table. Hashem wants a dwelling place with us throughout the week. And it is in the hands of the woman to bring that illumination From the time she lights the Shabbos candles till she lights them again the next week. We have that gift, for we are the daughters of Sarah and Rivka. What an amazing, amazing gift it is to know that we are human and we are limited. But we can do infinite things when we connect ourselves with Hashem with complete dedication, with complete, as it were, self-sacrifice. So let's look at, as we build our homes, let's look at the original home. The original home is Hashem's home. Hashem created the world, and He wants to have a home here. Hashem wants very much what's called to have a dira betachtonim. And we have to remember that Hashem Himself doesn't, need anything. He doesn't lack anything. He has everything, and he can get everything. Nevertheless, when Hashem decided to create the world, he created it, he gave, and continues to give to us. He has everything. Does he expect anything back? Well, we have to say that since he lacks nothing, He's just a giver. He's just giving to this world, and he's just generous. He doesn't need anything. Interestingly, we as the Jewish nation are very generous as well. That is one of the hallmarks of a Jew. They are benevolent. They are givers. They are goyim hasodim. It's part of who we are. We feel so closely connected to Hashem, we try and emulate the ways of Hashem. Evil, on the other hand, is all about selfishness. Holiness is about giving. The truth is, no matter how much an evil person has, he's never satisfied. He only wants to take and take, and never to give. And unfortunately, our world knows of such people. So when Eliezer came to the well, and he was looking for a wife who was going to be the mother of the nation, a woman for Yitzchak, a woman who would display kindness, he was looking for someone who would go beyond what Eliezer, what he would ask for. He just said, give me a drink, and she offered to water his camels as well. So he understood that she's a godly person. She does like Hashem does. And she is a fitting shidduch, a fitting wife, a fitting match for the son of Avraham Avinu. And what about us? We are their children. When we show kindness to others, we too become matched, as it were, with the most worthy partners. Showing kindness brings us our soulmate, our friends, our business partners, or even our callings in life. We can make it happen. What we need to do is to emulate God and be kind. Not to feel self, not to feel nervous that we'll give everything away and what will we get in return? Just give and give and give. It opens incredible channels. For blessing. We'll be right back. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipskar. And a good nerve. candle candlelighting six thirteen. Woo. Please phone someone and remind them that candlelighting is at 613. And what a holy mitzah! What a way to set the tone not only for Shabbos but for the week that follows. So we were speaking about that Hashem needs nothing. Hashem has everything and yet, not and yet, and therefore he gives and gives and gives to his world. He's a, he has created a world. He continues to keep the world in existence. And we who are close to Hashem emulate Hashem. For the Jewish nation has, as Avraham and Sarah had, that inborn trait of chesed, of being goimle chasodim, of doing for others. And the amazing thing is, we connect with Hashem. Because Hashem does those things, so too we do those things, and he blesses us with all that we need. So whenever somebody needs something, they're feeling needy, and yet they can open doors for blessing by giving, finding people to give to, giving to your significant other, You're looking for him to fill you up. Open the door by giving. It's an amazing, amazing recipe. And of course, you've heard me say it so many times that my husband and I had the privilege before we got married to ask the Rebbe for a blessing to have a warm home. And he answered, see, to make it warm for the other. And it will then be warm for you. In other words, who goes first? The one who's feeling needy, the one who's feeling upset. Do something for the other and be prepared for things to come your way. And this is an incredible parsha that speaks about the establishing of a Jewish home and what to look for in a wife. To look for kindness and compassion and benevolence. It's not so important what her size is, not so important what her height is. What's important is her kindness. Her kindness will be forever, as Hashem's kindness is forever. And that's why Eliezer prays for someone who's going to go beyond the norm in kindness. And he says, I'll ask someone to tilt their jug and give me a drink and the one who answers drink and I'll also water your camels. She's the one you've designated for, for Yitzhak, my servant, Yitzchok, your servant Yitzchak. It's such an incredible lesson. It's not the woman who knows how to dress or decorate a home or entertain guests. All of that is secondary to the kindness with which the home is established. And we find that Eliezer is charged with finding a suitable wife for Yitzchak. And let's remember that Avraham was willing to give up his entire fortune in order to ensure that Yitzchak will get the right wife, that she will come from his family, that Rivka would marry Yitzchak, And it's so interesting. The Rebbe explains that God is willing to give up everything, as it were, to shower us with so many blessings, to help each and every one of us to do something which is our mission. And we have an incredible mission, and that is to marry the physical and the spiritual through our good deeds to transform this world into a home for Hashem. And when we are focused on that goal, Hashem gives us the wherewithal to actually carry out this wonderful mission. We have a partner in making this world a home for Hashem. We should not think that, how are we going to do it? We don't have the money. We can't be as generous as Avraham. We can't open our homes and host people, etc., If our goal is to do what Torah says, to bring nachas to Hashem, it's not about, I'm such a great hostess, so everybody's going to say, wow, it's not about that. It's not about the flowers on the table. It's not about the place settings. It's about the smile. It's about the warm feeling with which one welcomes people into their home. And we have that in our DNA as children of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. They did it. And they gave us, as a Yerusha, the ability to do it. Kindness is how we build the world. Kindness is how we build our own world. There's an incredible thought as well. Eliezer was sent to find a wife for Yitzchak. And our prophets often describe the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people as that of a husband and wife, a bridegroom and a bride. But so many of us are not in touch with our husbands. So many of us are removed, estranged, far from our husbands. So many of us don't feel that connection anymore. Well, in that sense, all of us have to become an Eliezer. We have to seek out people whose souls have drifted away and to bring them back to Hashem, who is their husband. And Hashem, being so powerful, Hashem, being so able, will reward us with everything that we need. Phone someone, invite them to light Shabbos candles, Try and get someone to do a mitzvah. That is how we bring the estranged wife back to her husband. And the husband who is powerful and wealthy, he's the king. He will reward us with everything that we need. We must remember we're in this world doing a mission. And that mission cannot wait. Hashem in truth needs nothing. We are his wife. And when we come closer to Hashem and bring others closer to Hashem, his joy and his blessings are unlimited. Of course, we're also called Hashem's children. And when you bring a child back to his father, the king, the king rewards you with everything that you need. And so we turn to our marriages and a moment or two to speak about what can we do practically to enhance our own relationships. And I want to begin with a little story. And this story was shared by the Rebbe's cardiologist. And the Rebbe's cardiologist treated the Rebbe, and he also treated the Rebitson, the Rebetzan Chaimushka. And he enjoyed a close relationship with both of them. And Dr. Weiss shared something that the Rebbe once shared with him, and the Rebbe said, The time I devote to having tea with my wife every day is as important to me as the obligation to put on tefillin every day. There are many mitzvahs in the Torah, and sometimes we lose our balance oh, I'm so busy davening and I'm so busy studying and I'm so busy doing the mitzvahs that are there between me and Hashem, or I'm so busy outside the home, or I'm so busy with other people. I think there was nobody who was as busy as the Rebbe. The Rebbe's time was meticulously guarded. He had time... To pray, to study, to teach, to advise, to write letters, to go and pray at the graveside of his father in law, to mention a few. And yet, for the Rebbe to say that the time that he has tea with his wife on a daily basis is as important to him as the obligation to put on to fill in every day is a resounding, powerful lesson to all of us. Everything in our lives, anything that's worth doing, is worth doing properly. And very often those closest to us suffer because we don't give them our best. And our best doesn't have to mean that everything I ever did I will continue to do. It's about the love and the intention. It's about the focus. It's about preserving the importance of the other. One's spouse, one's children have to come first. That has to be first. And amazingly, that brings another story to mind, where there was a woman who was a sought-after lecturer and she came to the Rebbe for a broche. She was finding it hard to juggle all her roles. She was a mother. She was a wife. She was a daughter and she was a sought after public speaker. And she was concerned that some of her commitments could be suffering. And so she said to the Rebbe, I'd like to ask the Rebbe for a blessing that I be a good mother, a good daughter and a good wife. And her words felt right, because those were the three roles that she was trying to fulfill or that she was fulfilling at the time. And very gently, the Rebbe said, A good wife is the most important. She wanted a blessing to be a good wife, a good daughter, a good mother. A good wife is the most important. So the woman, because she was actually on a line, there was a line of people passing by the Rebbe, and when it came her turn, she just blurted out what she wanted. So kind of distractedly, she said, yes, yes. And the Rebbe grew very serious. And he repeated that point for emphasis and said, a good wife is the most important. And of course, a good husband is the most important. We've got to nurture our relationships, but we've got to nurture the relationship with our spouse. When that is solid, all the other relationships will follow. It cannot be emphasized enough. We tend to lose our focus. We've got to realign ourselves with what's most important. If we are trying to establish a adayad, an eternal edifice... We're not doing it on our own. We're doing it with our spouse. It needs attention. It needs focus. And the details are important. And so, when we read the Parsha Chaye Sara, the the life of Sara, the Parsha in which she has passed away, but in which her life and her life's work is emphasized. Her love for the land, Her love for her son, her son, whom she protected and raised in the epitome of holiness and the epitome of focus for his future and the future of the nation, chooses a wife. And that wife is chosen with the basis of Torah and mitzvahs as a foundation of her personality and her home, kindness, dedication. We too draw from the Parsha this week and we dedicate ourselves to our families, to our homes, but most of all to our spouses. A guten Shabbos and a guten Tomid.